and welcome everyone to the Lunar Sea Spire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about this week's newest episode of Steven Universe, Open Book. My name is Ken Davis, and joining me as always is... I'm GC13. And I'm Hunter. And I, I don't think you can be saying as always. Close enough. Joining me as often is the case. Very special guest, Hunter. <laughs> it's great to be on the show, guys! So what'd you guys think about this episode? I thought it was very pink and I liked it. <laughs> it was pretty good. I thought it, I thought it was I thought it was cute. It was cool. I kind of kicked myself a little for not realizing it was the fake Connie sooner. I mean, especially since I noticed that she didn't have the sword. You'd think that knowing this is Steven Universe, I would have put two and two together a lot quicker. Oh, I I I caught it like as soon. I want to say about the middle of the episode, I caught it. Like, yeah, I see what he didn't do in there. Oh, really? Okay, that's pretty It's pretty early. Like, I didn't understand exactly what was going on until Steven spelled it out. Obviously, as soon as Connie starts acting funny, you know something's up, but I didn't realize that it was a fake Connie until Steven, like, laid it out for me. I started getting suspicious the second time she agreed with him or, you know, deferred to him. I started getting suspicious, and I'm like, you know what? I don't think that Connie ever left that uh, costume shop, yeah, which was named So-and-So, by the way. Hmm. S-E-W, see what they did there? Uh, I get it now. (laughs) That's cute. That's funny. Yeah, I wasn't sure if Connie was being mind-controlled or if it was a fake one. I did know it was one of those two, but I thought mind-control was still a possibility. Well, I was looking out for what holodeck twist we were going to get this episode, so I figured it's more likely to be a simulacrum and not a mind-control thing. Yeah, I saw your post mentioning or making a comparison to the holodeck on the website, and I was also expecting something similar to that, except I was hoping this was going to be kind of similar to the episode of The Next Generation, in which I think it was Moriarty, in which she, like, leaves the holodeck, and I thought that fake Connie was going to become, like, a permanent, reoccurring, semi-villain type character, and I was kind of disappointed that didn't happen. That's, uh, that's, that's assuming an awful lot there. I don't know how you get to that leap. What? How is that assuming anything? No, that was a, a reasonable assumption up until the end of the episode. I mean, but speaking of, you know, oh, is is she going to be a new recurring character? Can you just remember back in the day when Connie and then Lion were first introduced and we didn't know what we were getting into and we're like, is Lion going to show up in a later episode? Is Connie going to show up in a later episode? We didn't know. Connie's in the opening, so yeah. I mean, I think we were all pretty confident that she was going to be a pretty important character. Yeah, she looks different in the opening, though. Not really. She like has a prominent spot in the opening. She dresses a lot differently. Yeah, I guess. Hmm. I don't know. Hold on. I think Connie might just just have like different outfits, but I don't think she follows the same cartoon esque trope of same outfit every day. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Connie has several outfits. Yeah, I'm looking. She has she has a couple different outfits. Yeah, they all they all have like the theme of turquoise it seems or periwinkle. But yeah, I, I just I was I wasn't seeing us getting a new character out of open book. It seemed like a reasonable plot twist to me. I don't know. I was hoping that would happen. Kind of disappointed that it didn't, but so be it. That would have really really surprised me. As it was, I was kind of happy with what we got, you know. I was a little disappointed that Steven didn't go full on Falcon. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> i wanted a steven falcon it's best to keep it simple that was a well-drawn falcon behind him <laughs> it was a pretty fly costume he got i mean if he had been going to any unfamiliar familiar conventions he would have been getting high fives all over the place with that i was pretty disappointed by the ending i mean even putting it aside that my hopes were dashed of a new evil connie reoccurring character i 
when it was first kind of revealed that Connie that Steven had been dealing with was fake, that was a really creepy moment. And you feel kind of weird and uneasy watching it about how the episode's going to develop. But then it just ends in this joke. And then evil Connie's not evil anymore. And she's not even actually trying to hurt Steven. And it's all kind of washed over in this feel good, lovey dovey kind of thing. And obviously, as I've said on many occasions, the feel good, lovey dovey aspect of the show is pretty much what I watch it for. It's like my favorite part of it, but it just felt kind of out of place here. Yeah, I, I was also a little disappointed that we weren't going to get a reoccurring evil Connie. I thought that'd be cool to bring up in later episodes. Like, like her, her only purpose would have been to like keep, to give Steven what it thought he wanted. And that could, yeah. have, that could have been brought up a lot, many more times in interesting ways, I think. Yeah, I agree. But it looks like, it looks like Ken and I are still doing pretty well for having opposite feelings about each episode. Cause I really liked the twist that the evil double wasn't actually evil. It just was reacting to one of his subconscious desires. Ah, uh, I gotcha. He decided doesn't want, he doesn't want her to do just what he wants. So I guess it decided what want of his it wanted to fulfill. Huh. And that was to come clean to Connie and, you know, that he loves drawing fan art of a very, very butch-looking Lisa. <laughs> I mean, no, seriously, that looked like a character out of Metal Gear or something, and he just puts on a wedding dress just for giggles because it's the happiest day of his life. Makes me laugh every time. And who wouldn't want to marry a falcon, really? I'd marry a falcon. I would <laughs> totes marry a falcon. I have no words. <laughs> I don't think any of us do, Ken. So how about the love fake out? Oh, how, yeah, how we think he's going to be confessing love to her, but he, I liked the ending of the book. I didn't see that one coming. Did not. I didn't either, and I was, again, disappointed. Uh, you didn't like that? I kind of wanted my payoff. I wanted things to progress. I wanted something beautiful to happen, but, um, you know, it, it was okay. Well, as if it's any consolation, the figment did treat it as like an obvious thing. It said very loudly so Connor could hear, I know you like her and I know you want her to like you too. So it's it's not like they didn't address that. Uh, but still, I don't know. It I didn't want the romance addressed in this episode at all, really. So on one hand, I was disappointed that they brought it up at all with the fake out, but I'm glad it was just a fake out, if that makes sense. This this was a good episode. I like this episode, but I do think, in my opinion, it was one of the weaker episodes. I think it was about middle of the pack, which means good, but... Not Steven good. Not good for Steven. Average for Steven, which is still very good for, like, any other show. So if you were if you were doing your AV Club review of this, or if, if they let you pick the rating for their reviews, I mean, what would you give it? B+. Plus. B+, plus sounds about right. B, B+. Plus. I'd, I'd put it somewhere in there. I'd give it a, I'd give it a B-. minus. Maybe a, Fair enough. Maybe a C plus. I can respect that. I would definitely give it in the B range. I thought it was a nice episode. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go crazy over it, but I, I did like it. But uh, Connie really geeked out on us in this a bit, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah, I really like seeing Connie in fangirl mode. Yeah, I mean, we we saw her as the fandom evangelist in Marble Madness, which you know, had Steven Bomb not happened, would have been the episode immediately before this. But uh, in this one, she she just went full on uh, fandom crazy, and it makes it makes you wonder, you, you know, is this what the crew universe thinks of internet fandoms as being like? Hmm. It wasn't a negative portrayal. Uh, I wouldn't it, say it wasn't. It wasn't negative. I mean, you don't take something, have Connie enact it, and then have somebody say, you know, they don't like that. I mean, everybody loves Connie. I'm sure the crew universe must love her too. I mean. She's half of Stevani. How could they not love her? <laughs> and by the way, I'm still waiting to see Stevani in full-on battle mode with sword and shield and just lay a whooping on somebody. I'm waiting for that. 
I want it to happen so much. <laughs> but uh, I just, I guess I see a lot of myself in the way Connie acts in this episode and how very seriously she's taking her preferred book series. Although, you know, I'm most of the themes of work are going to go right over my head. I don't notice or particularly care about them. So I probably would have been griping about the spending 50 pages on a wedding cake, but uh, not so much on giving the characters a happy ending at the end of the series. That must have been some cake. 50 pages worth. Oh, yeah, that was a funny bit. I forgot all about that. <laughs> Too bad Steven didn't draw a picture of it. Yeah, I wanted a picture of that cake. <laughs> oh, come on. There weren't even strawberries on it. How can it be that good? I, I, I think it should have been, like, 20 pages. Tops. <laughs> Steven has come a long way since the beginning of the series. He really has. I mean, back, back before episode 20 aired, you know, around that time, people were always complaining about what a terrible protagonist he was, and... I was going to come up to his defense saying, hey, you know, usually usually if he causes the problem, he fixes it. And even then, it's only half the time that he causes the problem. But I kind of decided, you know what, that doesn't sound so good. So I just kept my mouth shut. But now, now that he's had some growth as a protagonist, I can bring that up because he's better than that now. Yeah. I think the growth is important, but I also really like Steven in the very beginning when... Like, him as a protagonist, like, he's not necessarily a quote-unquote good protagonist, like, in the sense of the word, but he was a very interesting protagonist, like, trying, we saw his struggle, like, trying to grow. Was technically the protagonist, the main character of the show. He's the one the camera follows around everywhere. But it wasn't really about him, he was kind of along for the ride, and we got to see him advance past that. I think that's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I got to see him tune his ukulele under a spike trap. In uh, Serious Steven. Oh my. See, current Steven would never do that. He would wait until they were out of the spike trap, then he would tune the ukulele. I want to see more ukulele Steven. Uh, with Rebecca Sugar at the helm, I don't think you have to worry. Yeah. I'm just going to say, I like fake Connie's outfit a lot better than real Connie's outfit, and I wonder if that wasn't also part of their statement about internet fandoms, because you heard her doing a kitchen sink approach to her costume. And I kind of cringed a little bit. It's like, oh, come on, girl, you're fangirling way too hard. It was a fine episode. Not much happened. I liked the... There were a lot of small things I liked. I liked the whale coming back. <laughs> yeah, the way I used the whale as the fla as my flair in r slash Steven. Um, oh, yeah. I like, <laughs> I like the turkey leg cart. <laughs> I wanted an umbrella with that. <laughs> that was pretty funny. It was cute. I liked it. But, well, so, so far we've technically, technically only seen one episode of season two, full disclosure, that aired at the end of Steven Bomb, because Open Book was the first of the three season one episodes that were, you know, pushed back or pushed up to air with season two when, uh, you know, so they could make room for the Steven Bombs. We had Open Book, then eventually we're going to have Shirt Club and Story for Steven, and that'll be the last of the Season 1 episodes. But since we've only seen Full Disclosure, what do you guys think is coming up for us in Season 2? I want to see hmm. a fully humanoid centipedal. I want to see Pearl and Garnet fuse. Oh, that goes without saying. Everybody wants to see that. I mean... Yeah, agreed. That'd be cool to see. Otherwise, I don't really have any speculation. Uh... Yeah, just whatever the Crooniverse chooses to show to us, whatever. Well, we know all the writing at least is done. I don't know how much of the voice work or the animation is finished at this point, but the writing, I think, should be in lockdown. So we're free to speculate all we want, and, you know, we know that we're not influencing them because, you know, although if they did listen to our podcast, at least that would be cool. That'd be pretty rad. I mean, and, and I'm just sitting back here wanting Jasper so much to, if not... 
becoming a member of the Crystal Gems, at least joining the cast of Beach City, because... Jasper? Jasper, yes, Jasper. Because she's the one who's got all the backstory. She can not only tell Steven about the rebellion, she can tell Steven about what the homeworld's been up to all this time, and unlike the Crystal Gems, she's probably not going to have any interest in sheltering Steven from any of this. Because if she joins the Crystal Gems, she knows there's a storm coming, and there's no way in heck she's going to want Steven to uh, not bring his ring gear. Mm, I, I can't see her joining up. It's a super long shot. I I would have trouble seeing how they do it. I think Peridot is much more likely. Yeah. In fact, I might almost put Peridot as the most likely to join the team, just because of Lapis's stunning refusal to join the team at the end of season one. Yeah, it seems like it seems like she's preoccupied at the moment. But I mean, <laughs> if the Crewniverse could find a way to get Jasper at the very least non-hostile, I would thank them forever for that. Hmm. I can't see it. I just can't. I. <sighs> Neither, neither can I. I just, I just want it. I don't see how we'll get there. I just wish that we could. I get you. So just to mention the ratings, as I always try to, this week it was at 1.729 million, uh, which is putting it in second place again, as always, below Teen Titans Go. Of course. It did much better relative to Teen Titans Go than it usually, usually does. Wasn't it not much more than 100 back? Yeah, about 160,000 yeah. people under Teen Titans Go, which is, yeah, pretty pretty yeah, darn good. Usually you'd expect it to be like 250 or something. Yeah, yeah. And do we know who boarded this episode? This episode was boarded by Hilary Florido and Katie Mitroff. Ah, uh, yeah. What have they done? They were alone together. Uh, well, oh. with, with Ms. Sugar's help. But uh, ah. yeah, they brought the thunder. Also, maximum capacity. Hmm. Secret team, which I loved. Mm-hmm. I mean, it might just be the music from Secret Team, but I did really enjoy that episode. They've got some good ones under their belt. Mm-hmm. They're a good team. So yeah, next week it's Joyride, and then after that, it's coming. <laughs> Get ready to say good morning to April 2nd. Oh, goody. Oh, goody. Look at it this way. We're finally not going to have to wonder how they did it. We're going we're gonna to get to see the magic at work. Honestly, I'm I'm looking forward to it now. I really am. I'm just so curious. I have to see how they do this. Yep, I... The crossover with Uncle Grandpa is almost upon us. I don't know. I don't know what to expect. Well, we don't even have a... We don't even have a storyboard team yet, so... Rebecca Sugar was probably on it, though, so... I mean, you you cannot expect this episode to go poorly. You just gotta see how they work the magic. I can't imagine how they're going to... They're just gonna, like, keep the art styles of the respective shows, like... As they are, or you think Uncle Graham? Because their art style is a little different. Just a bit. I don't know. I guess we'll have more time to muse on that next week. Mm. But, uh, yeah, definitely going to be... Definitely anticipating that. Mm. That that was one heck of an announcement when they announced the crossover with Uncle Grandpa. So finally getting to see it is going to take a burden off a lot of people's shoulders. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. I was Ken Davis. I'm GC13. And I was Hunter Allen. No longer. <laughs> Catch you later. Later, kiddos! Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening. <laughs>